Welcome to Family Room Discussions, where I open up my family room so that we can talk about the week's lessons from Come Follow Me. I am not a church historian or a scripture scholar, far from. I'm just your average Latter-day Saint seeking to grow my faith in Christ and deepen my testimony of the gospel and the scriptures. I have found that one of the best ways to do that is by discussing Come Follow Me with others. My hope is that you'll join in the gospel dialogue by sharing what you learn with others. Without further ado, let's start this family room discussion. Sisters and brothers, family and friends, this is episode 52. Following along with We Have Waited for Him and He Will Save Us, the Christmas lesson. Um, I cannot believe that we are already at the end of this year. And at the end of the Old Testament reading and uh, the Come Follow Me for this year, I looked back over kind of the year's episodes, the year's recordings, and I seriously just sit and feel like it flew by, absolutely flew by. So wild that we're here, wild that we're at the end of the year, but that's that's just how it goes. It comes faster and faster every single year. So let's get into it. The Old Testament carries a spirit of eager anticipation. In that way, it's a little bit like Christmas, like the Christmas season. Beginning with Adam and Eve, Old Testament patriarchs, prophets, poets, and people looked forward to better days filled with hope for renewal and deliverance by the Messiah. And the Israelites were frequently in need of that hope, whether they were in, in captivity in Egypt or Babylon or held captive by their own sin or rebellion. Through it all, prophets reminded them that a Messiah, a deliverer, would come to proclaim liberty to the captives. That hope began to be realized when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. The mighty deliverer of Israel was born in a stable and laid in a manger. But he wasn't just the deliverer of the ancient Israelites. He came to deliver you, to bear your grief, to carry your sorrows, to be bruised for your iniquities, so that with his stripes you can be healed. This is why Christmas is so full of joyful anticipation even today. The Messiah came over 2,000 years ago, and he continues to come into our lives whenever we seek him. Well, that last sentence that he continues to come into our lives whenever we seek him. That word seek, I think is important. I mean, I've talked about this before, but it's it's far different than just looking, looking around for him or, you know, seek is an action word that involves actually going and doing something. Um, and even when the initial signs aren't apparent, you continue, continue to press forward and to endure and uh, do that action word of seeking. You continue to do so. And so I think that's important as we think about our relationship with the Savior and that he will indeed be there for us. He will indeed come into our lives, but we have to seek, you know, not just throw a prayer up and say, come find me. Uh, We have to do our part and actually seek after him. As I went through this lesson, um, I really just felt strongly like, this is something that I hope you cover yourself in your individual study. I hope you cover with your family, but I don't have any thoughts to, to share on any of it. Um, I think there are the thoughts that I definitely have to share, but just not on this lesson necessarily, not on the Christmas lesson. Um, if any thought it was that I've been thinking about this, that because it's the Christmas season, I feel like it's easy to, when we think of the nativity scene to think of it in, you know, what it would be like if it were right now in where we live, uh, with like that there was snow on the ground and stuff, forgetting that Christ was born in April. And, uh, I actually looked this up before I started recording. So in Bethlehem, the average temperature during April 
is like 74 degrees during the day and 50s at night. The way it's described is very moderate temperatures with a nice, cool evening. And so, totally random thought other than I feel like it does help to remind myself every Christmas just, you know, the actual conditions in which our Savior was born um, because of the symbolism, which is actually indeed part of this lesson is going through the symbols, but Christ was born during the spring, would have probably been, we know he was in a manger or a, you know, like a stable, right? And there were probably baby animals that were being born around that same period of time. This was springtime. And so interesting that the fresh, uh, fresh lamb born who would be sacrificed for us, um, you know, was born in the spring, was, was just like a spring, like a spring lamb. And so it was just something I was thinking about putting this in perspective that just because we celebrate his birth during Christmas time does not mean he was born during Christmas and just remembering the reality in which his, his birth happened. Um, so that's, I guess if I did have a thought, it would be that one, which is random and I don't feel like necessarily spiritually helpful, but certainly uh, the reality of, of the season. The other thing from this lesson, it says, uh, improving our teaching, it says, listen to your family members. Listening is an act of love. It requires that we care more about what is in another person's heart than what is next on our agenda or outline. As you pay careful attention to family members, spoken and unspoken to their spoken and unspoken messages, you will come to better understand their needs, their concerns, and their desires. The Spirit will help you know how to teach them. Um, this is something that I think everyone needs help on. I know I certainly do. Listening is an act of love, and it is so easy to be excited when you hear someone talking about their concerns or what they're going through, to want to jump in with your own wisdom or your own life experiences. I have discovered and will continue to discover as I try and work on this and get better at this, that typically what someone needs, while it might indeed be your wisdom or uh, you know, your hard-fought knowledge that they need, um, what you actually should do very first is listen to what they are saying, and then ask questions so that you fully understand what they're saying. Um, be involved because what ends up occurring when you're so quick to answer someone, especially in their concerned state or their troubled state, when you jump to answer them without fully understanding a situation or without fully listening, the listener and the, the other person who is now listening inevitably will shut their ears because you have not put the time in first. And so I think as we think about improving our teaching, as we think about becoming better teachers, the greatest teacher is the person who's able to uh, actually be the greatest listener and recognize what someone is actually saying, what their actual concerns are. Typically in our communication, we don't say what we're really fearing first, right? We have preliminary fears or concerns that we bring up. And if those feel like they're brushed aside or addressed too quickly, then whether we recognize it or not, whether this is conscious or unconscious, what we actually end up feeling is like the person who we want to listen to us or to hear our concerns is actually just ignoring them, which does not generate uh, true conversation or true learning. And um, I know I've seen that when just with my kids, because I've tried to help and teach them, uh, or with Lex, 
or with Lex with me. In any of my relationships, I've seen this pattern. So become work on becoming a better listener. It truly is an act of love. And even though, you know, for me, like I'm very impatient, I just want to get to the end results as fast as possible. I want to do it as efficiently and quickly as possible. And what I have found is it actually shows a lack of love rather than an increase of it because I can solve so many people's problems. And if we're not actually fulfilling that role in someone's life, then it doesn't matter how efficient you are. You're not actually helped any, to anybody. So that is a lesson I've been thinking of. And it, because it was pointed out here, I wanted to bring it up. Um, if there was anything that I want to leave from this season, if there's any lesson or message I think that are still hanging in the balance, so to speak, of, of my mind, it's that with the Old Testament, um, there were definitely, I definitely have my favorite stories, my favorite prophets that I've, I've learned from. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I do hope that you have, as after going through this, feel like the Old Testament is not a scary book to read. It is not a difficult to understand or confusing mess. I hope that, that you feel a lot better about it and that you have been able to find stories that have touched you and uh, examples from the scriptures which have taught you and that the Holy Ghost has been able to teach you through. I used one such example this week with a friend who was going through a, a trial, going through a difficult thing, of Joseph. Joseph is one of my favorite examples because I feel like uh, if you were to think of somebody who continued to be put in just the most like garbage of circumstances and yet made lemonade out of lemons, it was Joseph. Joseph um, was obviously sold into slavery by, by his brothers and then makes the most of it in Potiphar's home, becomes a valued servant, uh, trusted with all of Potiphar's things, and then due to no fault of his own, uh, gets put in prison because of Potiphar's wife, and then in prison, continues to work hard, to be diligent, is actually trusted by the prison warden. And so... Uh, within that has, you know, is able to create a better experience for other prisoners and then make some friends who end up being put in the right positions in the right spots and they forget about him. Um, the butler forgets about him, but then ultimately doesn't forget him and, and then ends up before the Pharaoh and becomes second to the Pharaoh. But still went through some difficult circumstances and... As I think about that example, it's not our circumstances that define us. It's not our circumstances that make us who we are. It's how we respond to them. It's how we, we act. And so we can't control all the bad things that are going to happen to us. Uh, we can't control the good things that are going to happen to us. All we can do is continue to move forward. One of the hardest lessons I feel like for me is to continue to have a good attitude despite circumstances, to continue to have a hope in the, in the face of trial, in the face of failure, and to continue moving forward, trying to be the best human I can be, the best son of God I can be. It's a very difficult lesson. And I shared that lesson with someone this week. Is again, they were going through a tough trial, and, uh, and I shared that. Another example I love is Daniel. I feel like Daniel had this incredible faith, despite... Uh, despite appearances, right? You could have taken Daniel and 
looked at his circumstances and been like, yeah, just being honest, there's not a whole lot of point of having faith and yet continue to have faith, continue to um, be true to what he believed, be true to himself, be true to God, and also had some good friends that did the same thing. But with Daniel, I loved that even in the face of death, was willing to just do what was right. I feel like that, again, is another tough lesson. Most of us will never have to face death because of what we believe. But how often do we have to face uh, other circumstances that sometimes feel worse than death, right? Uh, Maybe it's a, a career choice that doing what is right will end up meaning, you know, being fired or let go or, or any number of things or in friendships. How often does doing the right thing end, end a friendship? And that could be very difficult, very trying challenge. And so love Daniel for being that example of doing what is right, no matter what, no, even, even standing before the king uh, did what was right. The other thing I pulled away from the Old Testament was that uh, the Old Testament covers um, the two pillars of the three of eternity, right? You have the creation, you have the fall, and then you have the atonement. Atonement is going to be covered in next year during the, the New Testament reading. But think of how much the Old Testament covers. It's like so much uh, history, content, and detail. And so just thinking how much we covered how much was learned and I don't know, all the patterns established. It's been a fun year. I've loved reading it. I hope you've loved uh, reading the Old Testament as well, gotten more out of it. And I can't even begin to explain how excited I am about the New Testament because of all the scriptures, the New Testament is my favorite. Uh, and I say that even knowing, obviously, we have the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants. New Testament's my absolute favorite. Um, I feel like I just, I don't know. I don't know. I love learning directly about the Savior's life. And uh, obviously that is my love for the New Testament is so much the more enhanced because of my testimony of the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants. Um, But ultimately, yeah, the New Testament for me is where I just, I think my passion about the scriptures blossoms the most. So, um. I'd like to end by bearing my testimony, but before I do that, I'd like to just share some random facts about this podcast from this year, because I I like to do this at the end, at the very last episode, and it's a a fun pattern for me. So uh, just quickly, here's the end of the year results for uh, the Old Testament podcast uh, family room discussion. So uh, this year I've recorded over 14,000 minutes. Let me think, is that right? Yeah, 14... 1,400? 1,400, not 1,000. Sorry, excuse me. 1,400 minutes of content, uh, which I don't even know, like, calculated what that comes out to be, but that just feels like a lot of minutes, you know? So, yeah, 1,400 minutes of content. That is 84% more than other podcasts with the in the religion and spirituality category. Uh, by the way, this data comes from Spotify, if you're wondering where I got this data. Um, my, my podcast qualifies for a wrapped. I'm sure all the podcasts do. I have no idea. I don't know how this stuff works. I'm, I'm not hip or cool, but I do know it generates this cool report. Uh, the most listened to episode uh, of season three was Becoming God's Friend, which was earlier this season. Um, 92% of you 
discovered me this year. Which that's that's a lot. I feel like that's that's a lot of new people, new new people who joined just this year. Um, for three of you, I am your number one podcast, which to me means that you're probably not listening to any other podcast. If I'm being completely honest, which I appreciate that I'm your your <laughs> number one at least. So thank you. Uh, just our audience audience demographic: sixty eight percent are female, twenty four percent are male. The rest are unspecified in the data, but that is actually um a little bit more balanced than it was last year. Last year was uh, more female listeners than male. In total, uh, this my podcast has been listened to five thousand three hundred and fifty three times, or I guess it's that's how many plays have happened. And then the highest uh, listen of all, of thus far, was November 23rd of this year. So so recently, which I think you, all of that makes sense to me. You would hope that you'd have the most listens most recently, right? Uh, so that, because that means that you're still having people listen. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's just some things I wanted to share. It's, it's random. We can move on from it. But if you were interested, there you go. Uh, one just housekeeping item I wanted to share. So for next year, for the New Testament, um, only one thing really I think is going to change, and you probably already noticed if you that it's pretty much changed around halfway through this year. Um, so my guest episodes, which I have loved doing, uh, we've gotten to the point where it has become just really difficult, honestly. Full transparency, it's become really difficult just to coordinate, to plan, um, finding guests to have on and, and that works with scheduling and, and being able to bring them here uh, to record. It's just become, it's just become really difficult <laughs> to the point that I was actually losing. Uh, I love doing them. I have so much fun, but the coordinating and making it happen and making sure schedules align. And is it the right lesson that I want to be doing it on and all those things? It, it was ruining my fun. It was ruining my fun of doing it. So while I still do plan to have guest episodes, they will be more sporadic. It's not going to be every fifth episode or anything like that. Um, it really will be just kind of random when I feel like the lesson would be better with a guest. So we'll still do them, but yeah, it's not going to be. I, 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 I couldn't even tell you how many I think we'll do or anything like that. But that'll change. That's it. Otherwise, um, I hope to practice and continue practicing being more concise, uh, not rambling as long on certain topics or issues or, or opinions or insights or anything like that. Um, and just allowing the spirit to flow. Like I'd love if it was a hundred percent of the time, but I can tell you that that's definitely, that's definitely not where we're at. Most of the time I feel like it's just me rambling. So that's, that's it. That's, that's honestly it. Um, I'd like to close with my testimony. It doesn't need to be this whole, hi, my name is, is Dalton or anything like that. Um, this year in particular, I feel like I have come to understand the responsibility it is to be a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, what it means to be a disciple, um, what it means to be a servant of the Lord, and I will often, I will sit up awake at night 
just looking up at my ceiling and recognizing how completely far from perfection that I truly am. I, we're not even in the, the same runway. And that can be incredibly discouraging. Super discouraging when we know that the path we are to follow is after the master who was perfect and did live a perfect life and trying not to feel complete imposter syndrome every time. Uh, I try to follow after the Savior, trying to be a disciple, to bear testimony of his life, and then not focus on my own inadequacies, uh, my own sins, my own shortcomings, my own failures, my own uh, pride and ego, or the ways in which I prevent the Spirit from talking to me because I think that my way is better or my ideas are better. And when I sit up at night and just think how far I am, how far I have to go, often I will be reminded in a, in a quiet voice, uh, one that strikes my head and my heart, which reminds me, the expectation is not to be perfect today, but it's to continue waking up every single morning and doing my best. And even if my best is pretty garbage, even if my breast is <laughs> best is pretty terrible, um, to keep going and to keep doing. Because the only way that we can progress is to pick ourselves back up after every fall, every slip, every failure, and continue seeking out the master, seeking to be kinder to one another, to love our sisters and brothers more fully, to keep ourselves unspotted from the sins of the world, to never justify sin, not even the smallest degree, and on the flip side, to not judge anybody for where they're at in their journey, to love them for who they are and where they're at, and then give that same grace and charity to ourselves, while also balancing out that we are held to a high standard, we are held to a high bar. It is that whole that whole uh, refiner's fire. <laughs> you start to feel it. I start to really feel the burning, to really feel the the pressure and the heat, and 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 the kind of the poundings when I think of what it means to walk this path that we walk as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then I realize, then I think, I guess I ask myself the question, why do I continue going on this path? Why do I keep walking it? And we'll talk about this in the New Testament. The Savior asked his disciples, his apostles, after the people went away because he, he said a truth that was too hard for them to bear, and he said, will you also go away? And they said, where will we go? And that is the same answer that I give. There's nowhere else to go. I know that this is the truth. I know that this is indeed the church that Christ has set up. He, did, he has set it up by the same pattern which he set it up since the beginning of time. Through a prophet on the earth, 
And this is where the entirety of the truth, the entirety of the gospel is found. So there's, there is nowhere else to go. There is nowhere else to turn. It is through the ordinances found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in which we are able to come and be reunited with our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ. Um, I am grateful to know this truth. It's a hard truth. It's painful. It's <laughs> it pushes me to my ultimate uh, pretty much every single day. Um, and I know it's only going to continue. That's the thing. Looking forward, I know it's only going to be more and more. Uh, the Lord expects more of us. There, there are no breaks. There are no, you know, rest or take it easy. The grace comes where it's don't run faster than you can run doesn't expect us to do it all in, in a quick sprint or anything like that. It's an absolute journey. But this journey is supposed to push us, to refine us. And uh, and so, sisters and brothers, I, I love you to death. Truly, I love you. And I am so grateful to be um, on this great plan with you, to be here living it, to be living what we were taught and agreed to and understood completely before we came down to this, uh, this mortal life. And I'm so grateful to, to share in this journey with you. I hope that I am able to lift you up, even in the smallest degree, to help give you any hope, uh, to help you push forward. Um, because I know that I am... I am genuinely who I am because of the, the village that has raised me and continues to raise me and never lets me turn back, never lets me get lost. And so thank you. Um, I, I, I want to leave you with this question uh, because it is obviously Christmas time. You'll be celebrating Christmas. We'll all be celebrating Christmas at the end of this week. And so I want to ask you and leave you with this. How are you going to focus on the Savior? this Christmas? How are you going to make sure that you don't get caught up in the excitement of Santa, the excitement of presents, the excitement of all the family traditions, and focus truly on the reason for the season, which is our Savior Jesus Christ? And I challenge you that once you know how you're going to focus, do not get distracted from that focus. Keep it focused and, uh, and fulfill that. And I promise you, one of the happiest and most glorious Christmas seasons that you could imagine. Thank you for joining my family room discussion. And until we meet again, have a blessed week.